Welcome to Voice of Thunder. So what we're doing today is we're continuing our series on being an evangelist and doing revivals. So what we're going to talk about today is preparing revival sermons. What makes a revival sermon different than a regular sermon? We're talk about that and talk about some other things today. Uh, kind of our outline of what we're going to do is, number one, we're going to talk about types of revival sermons to prepare. Number two, should I re-preach revival sermons? Should I re-preach this sermon? Uh, number three, practicing sermons. So number one, talk about types of sermons. You know, you really need a sermon that is so widespread as you're preparing that no matter if you're young or old or in the middle, it, it, it hits everybody. And, and, and this is something that, that – and we do – we think that people are so different. In reality, people are so similar. We're more, they're more similar than we give them credit for. We all struggle with fear. We all struggle with doubt. We all struggle, does God love me? Uh, there was an apologist who went to NASA, and he talked to a bunch of these NASA scientists, and he thought they'd be asking really complex questions, so he prepared all these real scientific questions. And they started asking things like, does God love me? Why would God love me? Really basic stuff, and at, the, at our core, every human being has some of the same fears and questions that the gospel answers. So find that common struggle. I would say look for, for topics uh, that, that, that you can preach any church. So for instance, you're going to be preaching somewhere at some time on Sunday morning. Sunday morning, you get a rare window to fire a gospel arrow into the Harvest Center because that's when they show up. They show up. The seekers show up on Sunday morning. So be prepared Show up ready with a sermon to reach the lost. I found sermons that, that deal with evidence, that deal with, with a common, and really also common struggles. You know, how do you, one, of the, one of the issues I've had in preparing sermons for a sinner and a saint is, is how do you preach a sermon that both a sinner and a saint can, can receive from? And the answer is, I believe, you look at what they both have to do. Both a sinner and a saint need to love Christ. Both a sinner and a saint need to repent. Both a sinner and a saint need to surrender. Both a sinner and a saint need to follow Christ. So there's certain things that, that, they're, that they have in common that they need, need to do and that they struggle with. So find what they struggle with in common and, 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 and things that they have to do that they have in common. So sermons on salvation. Uh, do, do sermons on the Holy Ghost. You know, Sunday morning, typically they say, is when you do salvation sermons, Sunday nights when you preach on the Holy Ghost, the gifts of the Spirit, or whenever the Holy Ghost leads you during that revival to preach your Holy Ghost sermon. You know, be led of the Spirit and all things, but, but prepare sermons on being filled with the Spirit, the Holy Ghost. The other thing is you're going to have sermons that are going to be, to me, there's three different attitudes in a sermon. Uh, there's, a, there's a sermon that, that encourages, number one. Number two, there's a sermon that convicts. And number three, there's a sermon that challenges. So to me, encouraging sermons are, hey, I'm struggling to get up the mountain, and you're encouraging them to walk in their Christian walk and keep going up the mountain. The second type of sermon is a convicting sermon. That's a sermon that you're preaching to somebody who has been living in the ditch for far too long. Hey, buddy, you need to get out of that ditch. You, you've lived there. Come on, man. Get out of the ditch. This is wrong. This, this is wrong. You're going to die here. Get out, of this, get out of this ditch. And then the third topic is a challenging sermon. That's a sermon that points to the mountaintop and says, this is where we can be as Christians. I'm not saying I'm there. I'm saying I'm traveling there. Let's take a journey together and let's get there. That's the third type of sermon. And, and to me, I like to preach the, again, you've got to be spirit-led in this, but to me, I preach the encouraging sermons and the challenging sermons before I would ever preach a convicting sermon. And, the, and, I, and I ha, I've not done that always. I, I had it here recently. I didn't do that because the Holy Ghost led me a certain way. But I'm, I'm telling you, that congregation doesn't know you. They don't know you from Adam. 
They don't know you love them and that you care about them. So preaching that encouraging sermon lets them know that you love them. And so when you go preach that convicting sermon, hopefully they can receive that from you. The second thing we're going to talk about with preaching and preparing revival sermons is should you re-preach the same sermon? And and last year, I did not do this. And I really struggled with this. You know, should I do it? As I began to think about it this year and, and, and preparing for this year, I began to think about, are there godly people that I respect that re-preach their sermons? As I began to think about it, I began to think about B.H. Clinton and re-preaches, he would re-preach his sermons. Uh, he had somebody get onto one time for re-preaching a sermon. And he said, look, if it wasn't good enough to be preached the second time, it wasn't good enough to be preached the first time. He would say that until you preach a sermon five or six times, it's not ready yet. And so he was all for Kenny Morris. I highly respect and enjoy listening to Kenny Morris and his preaching. Kenny Morris re-preaches sermons. I can tell you three other godly evangelists right now, godly men, men who are holy, men who are righteous, men who are, have, are pure. I can, I can point them to you. I can say these men have told me that they re-preach sermons and they've encouraged me to do so. And, and I, as I was struggling with this decision, as I began to think about it, I was like, you know, I'm right now, Four to six hours is how long I spent on one sermon and preparing for it. And honestly, it wasn't that good. My sermons weren't that good. You know, I, was, I was struggling with it because I began to realize how much work it actually takes to preach a good sermon you, and prepare a good sermon. You, you have to look up stories. You have to really work on your structure, your outline. You have to preach it and re-preach it in your own prayer closet and, and really go over and over it until it is ready. And I was finding it, it still takes me about 12 hours to prepare a sermon. And that's just impossible to, to do every week. You know, as a, as a traveling evangelist, it was just not possible with my work and everything else I had going. And it's just, it's just, I was like, I could get up here, I could preach this sermon that I prepared three to six hours for, or the sermon that I prepared 12 hours. It's at least going to be twice as good, and they're going to be twice as benefited. And, and but I struggled with that. I was like, well, but are people so different that I can't re-preach this? As I began thinking about it, I was like, well, we re-sing the same songs. Why do we re-sing the same songs? And because the truth is, people are not as different as I thought they were. Deep down, we all struggle with some of the same fears, same problems. A lot of churches struggle with the same stuff. And so reality, deep down, they're much more similar than we give them credit for. And here's the thing. You don't have to choose between a canned sermon. You got your five sermons and you never preach anything else in your entire life and, and, and this spirit-led sermon, but you are so all over the place. You don't use a single story. You lose your attention about 15 minutes into it. There is a third way. And that third way is preaching similar sermons without the same sermon. Yes, 80% of it is the same. The outline, the stories, the conclusions, the same. But, but God in a prayer closet deals with me. That's what I've started doing. He deals with me and he'll show me what to add, what to remove. I remove points. I add stuff in as I'm in my prayer closet. He, he shows me stuff I need to change. He, he's given me the names of people in the church. He's shown me certain attitudes in the church different people have. And says, this, I didn't even know. I don't know these people. I barely know their names. But God said, look, this, this, let's lay it over here. You need to talk about this. And he adds it into, and so he, you can have a spirit revised sermon. And, and he does that for me. And so you don't have to choose between canned sermons and, and this sermon that is just, it's all over the place. There's a third way. And that is preaching similar, but not same sermons. The third thing is practicing sermons. I did not practice my sermons last year, and it, and it showed. 
I have learned that I need to preach it the first time. And that first time I get done preaching it, I sit down. I'm preaching in my, my house. I'm not preaching it out for anyone to hear it yet. But I'm preaching in my house and I sit down and I begin to write. And I say, okay, what was unnecessary in this? What rabbit trails did I go on that were so unnecessary, but I did them because I felt they were needed. And I start sitting down and realizing this has to go, this has to go. Next thing I do is I get up and I preach it again. So there's a second time of preaching it. And I am looking at my, I set a timer for 30 minutes. My goal is to have them, have DeRay come up, unless the spirit intervenes, DeRay to come up at the 30 minute mark. Because I promise you by the 30 minute mark, people are looking at their watches and saying, all right, he's not called us to the altar yet. Uh, Dan, he, they're pulling out their phones. What time is Danny's closed? What time is McDonald's closed? What time do I have to get up for work tomorrow? And, and, and you're on a fine line between a long sermon and a hostage situation. The mind can only comprehend what the seat can endure. If you're being spirit-led, obey the spirit, but you can weary the saints and they will, they will dread you coming. And that's the last thing you want is for people to come and dread hearing the preaching of the word of God. So there's three things on preparing revival sermons I've learned over the last year and two years. I hope it's been helpful for you. Uh, let me know if you have any feedback, if you have any thoughts. I'd be glad to get any feedback from you. God bless.